Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Wednesday, May 17th, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host, shall I? Do you know what, folks? Today is National Idaho Day, and this rebel employee, well, I consider her to be my private Idaho. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? And have you ever been to Idaho? Yeah, I've been to Idaho. I'm just surprised you didn't make like a potato joke and the fact that I don't eat potatoes. But there's <laughs> a lot of... <laughs> well, you know what? I once, in 1986... Driving from Alberta, I went through Idaho en route to California. Now, you have to yeah. imagine, folks, in the 80s, uh, Reagan was in power. Uh, it wasn't a Democrat um, regime uh, and forever looks like it will be. So I, what I'm saying is that if I was making that journey today, I think I would drop anchor in Idaho. They've got a good Republican governor, Brad Little. But yeah, uh, that's where I learned the phrase uh, because the russet potato is so important to the Idaho um, economy uh, because yep. they have perfect potato growing conditions there. And Sheila, what I'd always hear from people in Idaho is they would say this, as the farmer said to the potato, I'm going to plant you now, but I'm going to dig you later. Oh, wow, David. <laughs> I remember Bill Matheson was like the local weatherman here um, on ITV, like before it was global no news. And he would just like, he was the best because people would watch the news just to watch Bill Matheson give the weather. He made it so exciting. It was before green screens and he had like a, he had like stickers that he would move around on the board and he'd scribble on the board with his pen. And he would always say, keep your eye on the Idaho high. And that, that was like his weather warning. I still remember it. And it was like 35 years ago. Oh. Um, uh, it's also International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia. So um, I don't know how anyone could miss that if you follow any politicians on social media. It's literally all they're talking about for what, some no reason. No binary phobia as part of that? Because biphobia is bisexuals. Homophobia Bifobia. is gays and lesbians and, well, transphobia. Uh, it's the Herman Munster hour and the Adams family, I guess, combined. But, uh, but what about who mourns for the binary people getting misgendered on this day, Sheila Gunn-Reed? I thought they were against the gender binary. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. It's also National Cherry Cobbler Day, so um, as opposed to Cherry Cheesecake Day, which is every day in Doug Ford's Ontario. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'll get a pie uh, sent right down to Queen's Park so uh, Fat Bastard can get some uh, variety in his uh, desserts. Um, I'm surprised you haven't gotten a pie in the face from <laughs> Doug Ford's camp. I should tell everybody what we're doing here uh, because there's a lot of news to talk yep. about. To, yeah, RCMP, we proudly stand against transphobia, homophobia, biphobia in the RCMP and across Canada. By working together, we can build a more inclusive and supportive environment. Okay, whatever. Um, it's all going to be like the uh, same Sheila, comments over and over again. Yeah, not to make it about us, but how about the RCMP issues a statement where against journalist phobia? You know, when blackface's security deal, a uh, detail, uh, beats me up for just being on a street corner trying to scrum uh, the PM. Uh, I, I guess that doesn't qualify. I guess what I should have done, 
Sheila has waved one of those little pink and baby blue flags, and uh, that would be kind of akin to uh, Superman's uh, cape of invulnerability. I just have a hard time believing that uh, that entire community has any discrimination against them at this point, when you can be canceled from social media, from your job, for just not um, being a strict adherent enough to their ideology. They've got an entire month. No, nope, I'm sorry, a season we used to call summer, uh, co-opted by the movement. Um, they get to read to your kids without your knowledge. Um, it, it, I don't know. I don't, oh. I, I don't know. I don't and know. If, Sheila, we're, if we're genociding them, I believe we're doing it all wrong. And Sheila, this is, in the space of seven months, the third rainbow-raising uh, flag event. It goes back to November 20th. That was the um, National Day of Trans Remembrance. I don't know what we're supposed to be remembering. I've already forgotten. Uh, March 31st was uh, Trans Visibility Day. How is that different from Remembrance Day for trans? And today trust me, is we this, see you. Pardon me. <laughs> we, trust me, we see you just fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. And now we have this, um, you know, uh, act of standing against homophobia, transphobia, and biphobia. Isn't that funny, Sheila? Speaking of November Remembrance, we have one solitary day, namely November 11th to honor the veterans, to honor those who are serving to, to, uh, serving in the military, to honor those who paid the ultimate sacrifice. One day, November 11th. And um, and then this thing, uh, the alphabet uh, soup community, it just goes on and on and on. It's no longer, as I've said, about acceptance and tolerance. It's about affirmation. And we have multiple days where we have to stand on a uh, apple cart and just clap and cheer them on. And if you don't, you're a hater, you're a homophobe, you're a bigot. I'm done with this. Yeah, what, where's the day where people who want to be left alone are just left alone? Because that's the day that I want. Um, I, I used to think that was the day that that community wanted too, but it's not like that anymore. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's a bit much it anyway. Is. Um, let's uh, tell everybody what we're doing here today. It, this is the Rebel News Daily live stream, the Daily Roundup, as it's called. It's normally hosted by David Menzies, and he has a co-pilot on most days. Uh, today, that day is, or that person is me. If you're watching us on YouTube, well, thanks, I guess. There are 1.6 million sets of eyeballs who watch us on YouTube. However, YouTube is a censorship platform, and they've completely demonetized us there. So if you'd like to uh, get involved uh, in supporting the work that we do here at Rebel News completely willingly, unlike what Justin Trudeau forces you to do with the unwatchable and unlikable and often untruthful mainstream media, <laughs> might have suggest you move over to Rumble or Odyssey, um, wherein you can leave a paid chat, which sort of democratizes the show. You get to have your say and we'll read it on air and it gives us a little bit of money to help keep the lights on. But also might I suggest if you'd like to go just one step further in supporting us, um, join our community on Rumbles, on Rumbles, or uh, sorry, on Locals, on Locals.com. You'll find all of our free content there, but also our uh, paywalled content, um, behind the scenes filming of our documentaries, our documentaries as well, my show, Ezra's show. Um, and so you can become a supporter on Locals.com and uh, 
interact with us there too as well. So uh, there are a few different ways that you can support the work that we do here at Rebel News without being forced to by Justin Trudeau. And I think that's it. And very quickly, Sheila, before we move on, I'm just trying to read your shirt. It looks like a new one. Save an EV, ride a horse. Am I reading that right? Yes. Yeah. This is this is save an EV, ride a horse, and it's uh, it's from Alberta Proud. So your horse is far more reliable <laughs> than your EV. That's for sure. You're not taking a shot at my beloved Mitsubishi Green Goblin. I mean, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it's overt. I'm not even being passive aggressive about it. But it's a sure. plug-in hybrid. You. It's not a complete electrical car. You see, it. some of it is electrically powered. Some of it is fossil fuel powered. You see, Sheila, when it comes to my energy sources, I am, how can we say it, promiscuous? <laughs> you do not discriminate. I do. And I don't like your car. I don't. It's, it's a disgrace. And you bought it just so you could buy, so you could drive in the elite lane That's in Ontario, right. which is something that I find revolting. That everybody, like people like me, who pay gas tax to build the roads, I get to slum it in three lanes of the 401. Yep. And the people with EVs, um, they get to be in the privileged class. And they get their own special lane there. So no matter how bad the traffic gets in those three lanes, you don't get to drive in the fourth lane or however the hell many lanes there are in the 401, um, which I think is counterintuitive to uh, alleviating traffic congestion, right? Like if you want, if you were worried about traffic congestion, you would just let everybody drive in all four lanes and get everybody moving in the right direction but they will create traffic snarls for the poor people in those other three lanes because they opted for reliability instead of privilege, like David Menzies. I disagree, Sheila. We green plate Discrimination. holders are special. And by the way, anecdotally, you know who I noticed the biggest violators are in the HOV lane as single uh, drivers? It, it is the drivers of pickup trucks, and I find that deeply offensive, Sheila Gunn-Reed. They're going to work to build things <laughs> with people like you. Let them go. <laughs> okay. Hey, enough about motoring in the uh, madhouse of uh, greater Toronto area. You know, uh, speaking of electric cars, <laughs> that's a great segue into Elon Musk. Yep. Uh, the CEO of Tesla. Uh, and I see more Teslas on the road than ever before. I yep. was driving home from Calgary and I saw two on the highway too. Um, but... Uh, he's got a tweet wherein he said that George Soros, sinister, progressive, progressive, left-wing billionaire George Soros, who undermines public safety and all manner of things uh, through his support of um, far left-wing prosecutors in the United States. Uh, he said that <laughs> Soros reminds him of Magneto. Uh, David, for grown-ups like me who don't know who Magneto is. Tell us who that is. Oh, well, Magneto, <laughs> once upon a time, would have been the uh, arch enemy of the X-Men. He is a mutant himself. He controls uh, anything that is magnetic. Um, but, you know, more recently, I believe Magneto has moved from an actual arch-villain to sort of an anti-hero. So I'm offended by Elon Musk's tweet. If you want to have a villain... How about Galactus? Uh, that's your George Soros. Galactus is always on the prowl to consume planet Earth. 
literally consume it. He's a planet eater, uh, his former Herald being the silver surfer, as you well know, uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed. But um, George Soros seems to want to consume the planet with vile propaganda. He hasn't uh, come across a left-wing cause that he didn't want to fund uh, by the tens or even hundreds of millions of dollars. So, yeah, I think um, uh, Elon Musk is going soft on George Soros by comparing him to the master of magnetism. I say he's more of a Galactus figure. Yeah, and, you know, lefties immediately called out um, Elon Musk for saying that, saying, you know, like you're being unfair, you're possibly being <laughs> anti-Semitic because anti you, yeah. Well, and that's the thing, the big shut up is once you say like, yeah, George Soros is this progressive billionaire that undermines public safety and the economy everywhere he goes. Um, he's played a, a serious role in degrading the major cities in the United States because he sort of has these Soros backed prosecutors who are soft in crime and don't, you know, there's no broken window policing, as they said in um, New York. And so you end up with just a spiral of decay and chaos in these cities. And he is directly related to that downfall. And if you point that out, they say, you can't be critical of him. That's being anti-Semitic. And it's like, I didn't say anything about his religion. I don't care about his religion. It wouldn't matter what his religion is, but that's the shut up with George Soros is when you say Soros backed, what you mean is you hate the Jews, apparently. That's but, what the other side has to say about this. But Sheila, I'm reading this tweet that we've got on the screen right now. Oh, uh, from Krasenstein. Also a Holocaust survivor. Uh, if memory serves, didn't um, George Soros during the war rat out Jews? Um, so far from being a Holocaust survivor, he was kind of a contributor to the Holocaust. Yeah, I think you have to be very, very careful about how you phrase what he did during the Holocaust. Um, but his defenders would say he did certain things so that he could survive yeah. the Holocaust. And that included pointing fingers in other directions from himself. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if a lot of people would engage in that form of self-preservation. He did, ultimately and then went on to be very wealthy. And then anyways, the Krasenstein says, Soros gets attacked nonstop for his good intentions, which some Americans think are bad merely because they disagree with his political affiliations. I don't think that's why. I think it has nothing to do with his po political affiliations, but more the outcome of his good intentions, which um, so often we see progressive policies cloaked as benevolence and kindness for your fellow man by letting them out on bail so that they can rob you blind and knife your children. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I again, you know, isn't it amazing, uh, Sheila, we were talking about your EV t-shirt uh, earlier in a jocular way, but Elon Musk was such a darling of the left just two years ago. He was making yeah. these carbon-free uh, vehicles. He was part of the EV uh, revolution. In fact, I would say jump-started it by maybe two decades, sure. Sheila, because without the success of uh, Tesla and the popularity, um, I don't think you'd see the mainstream automakers going that route. Of course, now they're being legislated to go that route, but that's a different discussion. Um, and I mean, 
you know, there's a there's a Tesla. Uh, I always see it around the Avenue Road, St. Clair area, and I always think of you when I see it, Sheila, because I can just see you flipping your lid. It has a vanity license plate, and it reads R.I.P. Oil. Um, probably not understanding that there's a Tesla factory that needs lots of oil to make those cars yeah. as opposed to very dust. Yeah. But, but you know what I'm saying? You know that somebody on the left that hates fossil fuels, that is right into the whole big reset. And um, once uh, Elon Musk became a champion for free speech, it, the left went, whoa, 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 what? Free speech? Yeah. What is this? You know, so... I just can't help but notice the perverse irony at play here. Oh, they just hate that there's like one billionaire on our side. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, like just one. Yeah, uh, I no. think maybe Peter Thiel, um, but he's sort of more quiet. This, Like Elon Musk bought and probably overpaid for a social media platform that is still at risk of going bankrupt and going completely defunct. Just to prove a point about how he is convicted to free speech. Yeah. You know, and they're just mad that we have one billionaire on our side. And they have all of these billionaires that are meddling in politics and shaping the social fabric of the United States. And this other billionaire is just like, I just want you guys to have your say. Wouldn't that be cool? Um, they they hate him. They viscerally hate him. Uh, we have a video of Elon Musk being asked about his tweet saying that George Soros reminds him of Magneto. This should be good. But how do you make a choice? You don't see, I mean, in terms of when you're going to engage. I mean, for example, even today, Elon, you, you, you tweeted this thing about George Soros. Well, I'm looking for it because I want to make sure I quote it properly. But I mean, you know what you wrote, but you basically it reminds me of Magneto. This is like, you know, calm down, people. This is not like made a federal well, case said, out of it. You also you, know, <laughs> you said he wants to erode the very fabric of civilization and Soros hates humanity. Yeah. Like when you do something like that, do you Yeah, think I think about, that's true. That's my opinion. Okay. But why share it? Why share it? Especially <laughs> be, I mean, why share it when people who buy Teslas may not agree with you? Advertisers on Twitter may not agree with you. Um why not just say, hey, I think this. You can tell me. We can talk about it over there. You can tell your friends. But why share it widely? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, this is freedom of speech. I'm allowed to say what I want. You wanted. absolutely are. But I'm trying to understand why you do, because you have to know it's got a there. It, it puts you in, a, in the middle of a, the partisan divide in the country. It makes you a, a lightning rod for criticism. I mean, do you like that? I. You know, people today saying he's an anti-Semite. I don't think you are. No, I'm definitely not. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like a pro-Semite, <laughs> if anything. <laughs> I, I believe that probably is the case. Yes. But why would you even introduce the idea of that, that that would be the, the case? I, I mean, it looks, we don't want to make this a, a George Soros interview. No, um, God, no. I, so, don't, I don't want to uh, at all. But I'm, what I'm trying, even came up, though, in the annual meeting. I mean, you know, do your tweets hurt the company? Are there Tesla owners who say, I don't agree with his political position because, and I know it because he shares so much of it. Or are there advertisers on Twitter that Linda Yaccarino will come and say, you got to stop, man. Or, you know, I can't get these ads because of some of the things you tweet. Oh, is that the end of the clip? No, I think he's thinking. You know, I'm reminded of 
The Scene in the Princess Bride. Great movie. Great movie. Um, where he confronts the person who killed his father. And he says, Offer me money. Offer me power. I don't care. So you just don't care. You want to share what you have to say? I'll say what I want to say, and if, 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 uh, if the consequence of that is losing money, so be it. Okay. Wow. <clears throat> Sheila, if I may jump in first, because that Please. reporter is out to lunch. He seems not willing to accept the answers Elon Musk is giving him. Uh, this is his opinion. Uh, he believes in freedom of speech. Uh, he will say what he wants to say. These are all Elon, Elon Musk quote. But there was one really telling giveaway in terms of what that reporter with CNBC said. And that was uh, what are, advertisers might not agree with you. Um, Sheila, since I've come up through journalism school, I can tell you there is a deep separation of church and state when it comes to editorial and advertising. He's a... He's a reporter. He's editorial. He shouldn't give a tinker's damn about what advertisers think. He's there to tell a story, uh, pro, con, or neutral. So, or is maybe CNBC, Sheila, maybe they are very advertiser-focused in their reporting? You know, we wouldn't want to say anything bad about Pfizer in our reporting of the pandemic, you know, because uh, look how many millions of dollars Pfizer is contributing to our network. Uh, this guy, as far as I can tell, is a journalistic whore. Uh, there's no other way to say it uh, politely. Uh, that's my thoughts. What are yours, Sheila? Yeah, isn't that interesting? That guy just told us a little bit about the inner workings of major news corporations, yep. that maybe the advertisers aren't going to like what we say, so we're just not going to say them. That's what he expected Twitter to do, and Twitter... It, for all intents and purposes, is a publisher at this point. Yep. Um, I, it's funny to see how outraged they are. So first of all, he says, people might think that you're anti-Semitic. And he's, you know, Elon Musk said, I'm I'm pro-Semitic, or I guess the right word is a philo-Semite. Um, and the journalist says, well, why would you bring it up? But he didn't. You did. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you did. He didn't say anything about George Soros being Jewish. You guys did. Um, but again, how outraged these people are that someone dare speak their mind on a platform they paid, what was it, nearly $50 billion for? If he bought the platform for $50 billion, he could tweet whatever the hell he wants. And that's the whole point of him buying it is so that he can tweet what he wants and we can tweet what, he, what we want. But how frightened they are that there is a counterbalance to the likes of Bud Light, Miller Light, Nike, uh, Hershey's, all these companies that are just woke, 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 and you have to put up with it. And they don't care what you think as a consumer. They literally don't care. They just barf their politics out onto you. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, you can go somewhere else. And that that's sort of the free market. But when it works on the other side, they don't like it one bit. Um, especially, I mean, what, a, what a great example today is it's the, whatever the 
day against transphobia, homophobia, <laughs> biphobia, whatever. All the major corporations are going to self-flagellate on the internet yep. um, about how they're against this. And we're like, we know you had a rainbow can last summer for three months. We know you're against it. Stop. Um, that It's going to be like that all day today. It's going to be insufferable on the internet. Um, and that's fine. But if you have one billionaire who tweets whatever he feels like, they lose their minds. Yeah, has Blackface uh, made his uh, do rigueur tweet yet? Yes. I, I know he's off yes, in South of course Korea. He did. Maybe he's in a different time zone. Uh, do you remember what he had to say? I oh, don't there know. we are. We're all we're all homophobes <laughs> except him. That basically is how it should be. Uh, how he says, like, we're all sexist except him. He can grope women, but we are the ones who are disrespecting them. It's all the same stuff. Yeah, You're I, able to be who you are and love whom you love, free from discrimination and hate, full stop. No ifs, ands, or buts. We'll keep working to make that possible, and we'll always stand with the LGL2S. They changed the letters around on me again. 2SLGBTQI plus people at home and around the world. Oh, really? You're standing with them around the world? Really? Yeah. Really? And you're standing? I don't think you are. Um, ask Iranian gays and ask Saudi gays and ask anybody in the Middle East uh, how Justin Trudeau stands with them while buying oil from their onerous regi regimes um, and funding their persecution. And, and Sheila, that's a little rich, isn't it? For, uh, free from discrimination and hate. Uh, this coming from the man who has lost track of the number of times he's not only painted his face, but his entire body in uh, blackface and um, sticks his tongue out as if that is a behavior typical of black people. I have no idea what the hell he's imagine, trying to convey with that. And imagine if he spoke, imagine if he spoke of the sexual minority community in the same manner in which he speaks of the unvaccinated. Yeah. And sticking a banana down his pants. Um, was that I, a banana? Again, just playing on the worst racist stereotypes in terms of black folk. And, and people might say, oh, but wait a minute. This is about uh, sexual orientation and gender identification, Menzoid. It has nothing to do with race. Oh, really? Have you looked at the Pride Progress flag with the BIPOC vagina on it? Uh, the black and the brown uh, stripes? That is to represent brown people and black people and what race has to do with gender identification and uh, sexual orientation. I have no idea, Sheila. And I saw another progress flag in Whitby near the school board at a Starbucks. And also you had the seven rainbow colors. You had the BIPOC vagina. And then in the BIPOC vagina, you had a circle. And I think... I might, I tend to be corrected. I think that means non-binary. What I'm getting at, Sheila, in another decade, that flag is going to be unrecognizable in terms of It all. already aggravates but, my synesthesia to look at it. Like it, I get vertigo when I look at it because <laughs> I don't know where my eyes are supposed ah, to be. And it. I, I'm a little bit of a synesthete, so I have my senses sort of mix up sometimes, and I get like an odd taste in my mouth trying to look at that. Uh, here, if we, I have to bet on another symbol being added, Sheila, will have something to do with native culture, you know, maybe a feather or something, an eagle. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's right now heading to everything but the kitchen sink. And of course, 
they've gotten away from you know a crucial element of design as well as engineering, which is less is more. Once you start doing all this monkey business, it becomes a mishmash of angles, colors, you name it. It's kind of like the flag version of the Pontiac Aztec right now. So Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know where to look. Oh, by the way, I noticed in your video yesterday, I don't know if it's been published yet, but uh, one of those uh, police liaison officers, he had like the Canadian flag, but it was like the rainbow Canadian flag. Yeah. Um, and there's so much controversy around like the thin blue line patch. They don't want cops Great to point. have like that. They want them off their uniforms. I don't know if they, they've accused it of being associated with white supremacy. And it's like, actually it's about cops standing together yeah. with other cops. Um, and they, they don't want those on their uniforms. They say, no, it should just be the Canadian flag, except what I saw the other day. Yeah. It's probably really standard issue by the, by the force. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that was Officer Chevalier. Uh, he is one of the speakers in the transgender training module yep, that please. all Toronto police have to not only take, but they have to pass. So if they have dissenting answers. They have to take the test over again. It's absolute compliance. And just to give you an idea of this fellow folks, if you haven't seen that video we posted about the Toronto transgender teaching module, uh, Officer Chevalier seems to be of the belief that while violent crime in every category in the city, sexual assault, knifing, murders, you name it, uh, is off the charts in Toronto. Um, evidently, misgendering someone is perhaps the worst thing that can happen. And he practices what he preaches, Sheila, because as you know, he has a niece. But Chevalier doesn't know if his niece uh, is currently identifying as a nephew. So instead of using... Illness the niece word or the nephew word, he's got a new made up word, uh, nibbling, which I thought was either a brand of licorice candy or a can of a jolly green giant corn. <laughs> but Nibs and niblets. nibbling, can you imagine what the good cops in the Toronto Police Service, when you have this diversity hire going on about nibblings, making up words, to provide to prevent offense, uh, it is unbelievable. I, I I'd be updating my resume. Could you could he have picked a less creepy word? I don't know why that word just comes across as so creepy to me. By the way, as a parent, like if somebody referred to my child as a nibbling, <laughs> I'd Jesus, be like, take um, the wheel. Does that mean you're biting him? Yeah, exactly. Are you putting your mouth on my child? I bet you better hope not. Um, Olivia whispers in my ear that we're halfway through the show and we haven't done an ad break. So let's hit an ad break and then we'll go into um, that amazing question yesterday that that highly qualified, skilled journalist put to Pierre Polyev yesterday. Um, I, it just the. I, I just I, I could watch it all day. There's it's like ten seconds of the ten seconds of the video before um I think it's about minute fifteen. Polyev's face and then uh Raquel Danko or Doncho, she turns her ear because she's like, Am I actually even hearing this? Like she cocks her head and turns it because like what's being said is a little too crazy for her, even her. So I anyways, I've teased that enough. Let's hit an ad break, then we'll go to that. The media said that Canadian truckers were Russian agents controlled by Vladimir Putin. Justin Trudeau called them extremists. 
the small fringe minority. We are here out of love for our families, our communities. And the government put the country under martial law to stop them. But what's the real story? If you can't see the future in clear outline right now, you're not paying attention. But the truckers in Canada can. And I want you to know that I'm not afraid. For the first time, the woman at the heart of the trucker convoy speaks out. Hold the line. Tamara Leach, passionate organizer, loving mother and grandmother, proud Métis and proud Albertan, and defiant political prisoner jailed for daring to criticize the government. Tamara Leach, her new book, Hold the Line, My Story from the Heart of the Freedom Convoy is the inside scoop of what really happened. You've heard from the media and the convoy's critics. Now hear the truth from the woman who inspired the world and made Justin Trudeau blink. Visit theconvoybook.com to order your copy now. Oh, I can hardly wait to read that book, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Uh, but you know what? As you tease before the ad break, let's get to that um, mainstream to. media <laughs> jabroni journalist. Um, who was that, Hill. by the way? Part of me. Do we know who it was? I don't. I'm. You know what? Um, maybe I stand corrected. Well, they've sure circled the wagons around this guy. If that were one of us, they would be like, "It's Sheila from Rebel News asking a stupid question." Blah blah blah. Like everyone would know our names. Well, but because this guy asks absolutely idiotic question. Um, nobody is saying who it is, even though it's pretty clear he's a member of the PPG, the Parliamentary Press Gallery, that yep. they say we're not allowed to join because we're not real journalists. Well, you tell me if this is real journalism right here. A hundred percent. But in fairness, Sheila, we'll roll the clip. But um, yes, it's idiotic. It's inane. It's insane. But <laughs> give this guy a break. Uh, maybe he was auditioning for a gig with CNBC. I mean, we've seen their standard with the Elon Musk interview. So let's roll it. When you talk about bail, the crime Watch is already Rachel's happened. Face the alleged crime Raquel, is already Watch Raquel. So how can you attribute bail to this increase in crime and not, should, we, should there not be more supportive measures to prevent the crime in the first place? Uh, uh, the being on bail, they've already allegedly committed the crime. So where, you know, they're committing crimes on bail. That's the problem. The problem is, <laughs> I'll give you an example. In Vancouver, the same 40 offenders were arrested 6,000 times in a year. That's 150 arrests per offender per year. Why? Because they're arrested in the morning. Then they're released on bail by noon. They reoffend. They're back in jail by two in the afternoon. And then they're released by the evening so that they can commit their final crime before they go to bed. The failure of the, the system to not support people who have committed crimes, gone to jail, served their, their sentence, you know, and then they're committing another crime. So is this not a failure of things like social services and support for people who have committed crimes? Are you, ser are you serious? <laughs> I'm no, I mean, are you serious? Come on. You're telling me. No, excuse me. Let, let me answer your question. Are you honestly saying that it's society's fault if a repeat violent offender commits 60 or 70 offenses? I think that criminal is to blame for his own actions. He is personally responsible. 
We're not talking about some kid who made one mistake when he was 19. We're talking about people who do 60, 70 violent offenses. And then they're, because they're criminals. But why are they criminals? Because they do crime. Why do they do crime? Because we let them out early on bail. So because they got I think we've let solved out, the riddle here. Because they got let out early on bail. That's right. They then commit the crime. That's right. So yes. that's, what the, that's what all the experts agree is the cause of the crime. So have they stayed in jail the whole time, on, on yes. bail, in, in jail, not on bail, as you say, they would then not commit crimes? Because they'd be in jail, so, so they couldn't commit crimes. And when they get out at the end of their sentence, they're crime-free? Well, they, we, we can't guarantee that, but what we can guarantee is the period when they're behind bars, they will not be able to do crime. Oh my God, Sheila, I don't know where to begin. I'll, I'll just say one point, then I'll throw it over to you. I, I love that. Why are they criminals? Uh, because they commit crime. You know what that reminded me of, Sheila? The 1982 movie, Superman 2, where Clark Kent and his editor, Perry White, are at the Daily Planet uh, briefing room and he's, he's about to be dispatched to Paris because Perry White explains to Kent that terrorists have taken over the Eiffel Tower and they have a nuclear device. And if they don't get paid out, they're going to nuke Paris. And Kent says, Mr. White, that's terrible. And Perry White says, yeah, Kent, that's why they call them terrorists, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're called criminals because they committed crime. Uh, this is unbelievable. We have to find the name of this reporter, Sheila, and scrum him. He might be the dumbest reporter in Ottawa. And given that uh, Rachel Gilmore is, or I should say was, uh, on the Hill at one point, uh, that's saying something. Yeah, these people are absolute idiots. And I see the other journalists like sort of circling the wagons around him like, Oh, maybe he in our he was inarticulate in his question, but it's a good question. Or they also say the newsrooms aren't giving us time to prepare our questions. So when we turn up, that's what Rachel Gilmore said. She basically said, so when we turn up and have no idea what we're going to say or what we're going to ask or why we're even there, um, it's not our fault for not being good at our jobs or being like aware of the news of the day. It's literally your job, by the way, you're a journalist. Um, forgive us. It's our boss's fault that we turn up at these things completely clueless. And these are the same people who say, Rebel News, you can't join the PPG. Yeah. You can't join the Parliamentary Press Gallery. I think it's fascinating that these are the same journalists who are like, Tamara Leach, lock that terrorist up forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, they held her for like almost 50 <laughs> days without bail. And all she did was say, hold the line. Um, but they want violent criminals out on bail, like the very same day, as long as they tell a judge, oh, for sure, judge, I'm, I'll be good this time. And the judge is like, you weren't good yet, like literally yesterday. But no, let him out. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's really something else. Because again, not only are these the same journalists who are like, lock up Tamara Leach forever, throw away the key. That little woman is a terrorist. But they're also like, Sh Sheila? Oh, she's a terrorist uh, because she misgendered someone. Yeah. Um, and so the person she misgendered had to go and get an IV drip of wokeism at the hospital um, because they're dying. Sheila genocided them by misgendering them. 
And also, Sheila, you should go to jail forever because you're a law-abiding gun owner, but the government made your guns illegal through the stroke of a pen. So you're a terrorist, but the guy who actually didn't go through all the same hoops I did to own the firearms that I have, who probably have them stolen or trafficked across the border at uh, Six Nations, um, he can get out on the same day. He's not really a criminal because society has done him wrong because he didn't grow up with privilege like I did, which I definitely didn't. Also, let me just prattle on for just one more second. The journalist here, who obviously is a privileged white male, sounds like, um, he, I'm going to guess, grew up with far more privilege and wealth than I did as a child. But he supposes that someone who grew up like me, without much of anything whatsoever, that we're just destined to be criminals because of how society has done us wrong, instead of it being a series of choices we made to be dirtbags or not. Um, And so... Uh, he's got a real bigotry of low expectations against people who grow up in lower socioeconomic backgrounds than he did. Well, Sheila, to paraphrase the late Jerry Springer, two final thoughts. One is I can tell you who is smiling like a Cheshire cat right now, and it's blackface himself, because here is a journalist on the taxpayer payola and he's hitting the right notes when it comes to uh, Blackface's brand of liberalism. You know, systemic issues, the devil made me do it. N- nothing about self-determination, willpower of the individual. That's why you're a criminal. Uh, so Blackface loved this. The second thing is this, Sheila, talk about being out of touch. Let's not forget that 10 out of 10 premiers campaigned for bail reform. Three out of three territorial leaders. That's 13 out of 13 leaders in this Canada, regardless of political affiliation, said, fix this. This is an unacceptable problem. That example, the same 40 offenders uh, responsible for 6,000 crimes, Sheila. Um, So this guy is taking the viewpoint that isn't even shared by the vast majority of Canadians, if you believe uh, the you know the the point of view of the provincial and territorial leaders, uh, who would not campaign on something that would be unpopular with the voter base. Yeah, this is directly actually from Justin Trudeau's playbook. Yeah. Um, it is directly uh, the motivation for the most recent reforms on sentencing for certain um, gang-related offenses, violent offenses, including um, gun-related offenses. So they removed the mandatory minimum sentencing for a whole host of seriously violent crimes, crimes that are largely committed by organized criminals um, because of uh, systemic racism, which was one of the reasons they gave, which again is just the bigotry of low expectations. and we're seeing it here. So we're. this is exactly the question this journalist is asking. It's systemic racism that's making these people commit the crimes. Yeah. So even if that were true, why is letting them out to commit more crimes the solution to that? Like literally, why is that? Why is that the solution? Even if you believe systemic racism is making people do these things, how is just the revolving door of the legal system wherein they continue to plague their communities, the solution to that problem. It's not. Keep them in jail and reform them. Because part of, 
a part of going to jail is not just punishment, but also hopefully reformation. Um, and you need some time behind bars to reform, but you don't get to have that if they just keep letting you back out. Where's the consequence? Yeah, 100%, Sheila. And you know what's worse? They don't give a tinker's damn about innocent victims. And the reason is they have no empathy. With blackface, he's always in the presence of armed security. And so the idea of him being victimized, well, that just isn't going to happen. Not that I'm wishing it upon him. Yep. Unbelievable. You know, I, I mentioned Jerry Springer. Do you think, Sheila, the world has become the Jerry Springer show? <laughs> like all the insanity that he presented as uh, so-called reality TV. And I, and I always did love at He'd the be end, charged with a hate crime. He'd be charged with a hate crime in Canada. Oh, at yeah. At this point. Yeah, for but, sure. You know, I, not to go off on a tangerine, but I always loved that at the very end of the Jerry Springer show, uh, Jerry would have his final thought where he'd weigh in oh, as the moral authority. And it'd be like, you know, yeah, in the final analysis, maybe it's not a very good ethical decision to have a sexual affair with a transvestite midget. Right? You know? yeah. Oh, you don't say. Right? It was always like the lesson about being honest. Like if everybody was honest, we wouldn't be here. Um, we should hit an ad break and yes. then we should go to this breaking news from Josh Alexander, who was in Calgary oh. this morning. We've got yeah. something there. And then I want to talk about um, this um, UCP announcement from the other day about um, addictions treatment. Uh, I just want to address some criticisms levied at me about my support of this new law. Though, okay. Um, getting too personal. But um, anyways, let's uh, hit an ad break and then we'll go to this Josh Alexander clip. I am doing something today that I have never tried before. Listen up. I'm looking for collaborators in a new and exciting initiative. As you most likely know, YouTube a long time ago demonetized Rebel News and we are 100% viewer funded. Now, while our supporters are fantastic at helping us cover legal campaigns and special reporting missions, unfortunately, the reality is our day-to-day -day operational expenses often exceed our income stream, which is crazy if you think about it because my videos across all platforms attract hundreds of thousands of views and sometimes even millions. So I wanna share that reach with the right partners. If you have a product or business and want to enter a win-win relationship with me, please go to rebelnews.com forward slash ads and fill in the form to let me know. I won't be accepting anyone. I need to believe in your business or product so I can sell it proudly for you. And for successful applicants, I will guarantee a minimum view count, meaning even if your ad is published on the less popular reports, we'll keep promoting your business or product until it gets the agreed minimum eyeball. So again, if you have a cool company or product that either wants to take advantage of my reach or want to support my work through advertising in a way that you can write it off as a tax deduction or both, head over to rebelnews.com forward slash ads and hopefully we can join forces soon. Have you recorded your ad yet, She Devil? No, but I do uh I do have a bit of an ad that I need to uh get out of my system right now. Um and when I first heard about this company, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." But you know me, I'm kind of um a, a bit of a fitness junkie. I'm also I, I look at my body as like a 
a series of chemical reactions with the human soul attached to it. So I like to sort of biohack myself a little bit sometimes and add things in and cut things out and see what that does to me. Um, and so when I heard about this new company, I was like, okay, let's, what does the research say about what they're, they're selling, what they're doing? And I was astounded at how backed in research it is and how the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about this research and, and the things that you can do. And I'm sort of doing this, as I call it in our staff meetings, a bit of a prairie chicken mating dance about how I'm going to talk about this because um, like one of us has to go one way and one of us has to go the other way. And we sort of, the point happens, but I can't talk about a lot of it because we're on YouTube and YouTube and Facebook are very specific about the things that we can say. And I don't want to get the channel canceled and then we can't talk to you ever again. So um, I want to tell you about a new company that just launched in Canada. And the reason I want to do that is because over the last two years, I think it's been pretty clear that our medical system has failed us all, um, kowtowing to oppressive government health policies and a lack of natural choices and your autonomous choices in staying healthy and making your own decisions for yourself. Many of you were vaccinated against um, unemployment as opposed to a disease. And many of you decided to vaccinate your children um, against social isolation. And I think some of you may have some regrets about that. I, I see that all the time on social media. So this is where the wellness company comes in. Um, by unequivocally and unapologetically standing up for medical freedom and the right to affordable health care, TWC, that's the wellness company, they champion the right to make one's own choices for their body. They strive to build a new healthcare system that earns people's trust, is governed and operated with transparency, and they offer the highest quality practitioners who align at their core with their fundamental belief to put the patients first. And a lot of these people who are involved in this company, uh, I, I know a few of them. And they survived cancel culture and they were some of the earliest objectors to medical coercion. Now, the fabric of this company has been woven together by its medical team, as I said, whose courage and bravery in their fight for medical freedom and truth, as well as their devotion to the public, will help ensure improved outcomes, convenient access to physicians, and lower costs for healthcare and for patients. And they have some very interesting supplements, which, as I say, grounded in research. I went looking for the research myself because I thought, what a great idea for all those people who now have regrets, remorse. Um, there, there, there are um, some choices there for you to make. If you go to uh, twccanada.health, um, you can join. It's twccanada.health backslash rebel. And I'm I'm kind of excited about this. I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty excited because well, you know there's what? One, there's one product there that I'm I think I'm going to be quite an evangelizer for. <laughs> I'm a big fan of supplements. I have a whole bag of them. Uh, it, it, I started taking them way back in 1994, where I was getting so many colds for some reason. And a friend of mine brought me down to a fantastic um, health food store, and I've been taking these supplements ever since. Uh, I'm also a fan, of course, of traditional medicine. I don't think it's an either or uh, question, but um, I do advocate uh, for supplements. So I'm going to look into this too. Maybe there's something I can uh, add to my daily routine. And by the way, you've given me an idea, uh, Sheila, the dancing prairie chickens. 
Um, maybe <laughs> that could be the next illustration we put on the Pride Progress flag. <laughs> you know, why not? <laughs> They have their chests all puffed out and they're sort of like stomping their feet and dancing in different directions and thumping on their chests. If anybody has watched um, Prairie Chickens Dance, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's unfortunately what I have to do when I talk about things that are grounded in science um, as big tech censors lurk above us to get us canceled and kicked off the internet altogether. So anyways, that's twccanada.health backslash rebel to find out the things that I just couldn't say to you right now this minute on YouTube. Uh, let's go to Joshua Alexander, young yes. man from your way. Uh, this is shocking. Kicked out of school for um, standing up for the rights of girls to have their own private spaces in schools. Um, and he is uh, routinely harassed by authorities. And so he decided to come to Calgary anyway. It's Calgary, is one, uh, despite um, the freedom-mindedness of the people who live there, the government is quite authoritarian, at least the municipal government. They've placed an uh, anti-harassment law, which prevents uh, anti-drag protests um, near government-funded facilities, which, I mean, if you can't protest the government, what can you protest? Uh, especially how the government is allocating the use of government facilities that you paid for. Um, so anyways, Josh Alexander, young man, is in Calgary, and I see out of the corner of my eye, he was taken away in handcuffs yep. um, by Calgary's finest. Let's take a look at this. Sorry there. Guy. Boss, do you have anything to say about this? Say it, just say it. 
Sheila, my blood is boiling. Um, what did we see in that video? We saw Josh okay. Alexander assaulted. We saw yep. him encircled by these Antifa thugs, who, by the way, get away with murder uh, by draping themselves in the trans flag. Again, that's like Superman's cloak of invulnerability. We dare not do anything anti-trans or perceived to be anti-trans. We see his movements being impeded uh, because he can't get to where he wants to go. He's not throwing haymakers. And he gets arrested. He gets handcuffed uh, by that jabroni in the cowboy hat. You know, Sheila, we try to back the blue here. We really do. I mean, without police, there's anarchy. But, and we all know how horrible the Montreal Police Service is. Worst police force in Canada. But I'm telling you something. The Calgary force, it's becoming a photo finish in terms of who is the worst. And I know this is breaking news. It just happened uh, minutes ago, do we have any idea why he was ostensibly arrested and handcuffed? Or is there a new law that was enacted overnight that it is illegal for someone to be a victim of physical violence? Because that was his only crime. Yeah, there's an Antifa mob on the uh, front lawn of a high school in Calgary. And the kid there to counter the Antifa mob is the one that gets taken away in handcuffs. We saw him get shoved there. I also saw the police standing right off to the side as he got shoved. And then they go in to extract him, not for his own safety. If they had said, Josh, you got to get out of here, you're going to get beaten up. Okay, fine. But that's not what happened there. He was taken away in handcuffs. And I'm curious why. I don't know. Um, I saw that we had our Sydney Fizard there. We had Kean Simone, I saw. And we also had Alex Dollywall, um, one of our journalists, also there. So we had a full contingent of Rebel News journalists. So we'll get the full story. But what I saw there was quite outrageous. And there's a reason why the morale of the Calgary police force is absolutely in the gutter. It somehow manages to find a way to decline year over year when it's already excessively low. We saw the same thing in Edmonton. And this is how good cops just take quiet retirement, quiet quitting, as they say, or they just move over to traffic and they don't want to do yeah. this stuff um, because it's gross. Uh, arresting high school students against um, girls having to share a bathroom with boys. Yeah. I'm not sure that's why anybody went to police depot. Well, I'm sure uh, Officer Chevalier and his nibbling approved back here in Toronto, uh, Sheila. But, you know, um, this is not a one-off for the Calgary cops. It's not like I picked one example at random. No. As you know more than anyone, Sheila, look at their war on pastors in that city. Uh, the takedown of Artur Pawlowski on a rain-soaked, busy highway. Absolutely despicable street theater. Um, look at how uh, a female Calgary police officer was going to use her taser on a kid playing hockey outdoors. Evidently, uh, he was the second coming of Typhoid Mary. This, There is something that is bloody rotten in this police culture in, in Calgary. I'm sorry. And it has to be gutted. That's the only way to turn a culture around in a police force, Sheila. You have to start at the top and work your way down and install a new culture because these cops at worst are incompetent and at best, well, no, I, I think at worst, they're malicious. They are not enforcing the law. At best, they're incompetent, I should say, because I'm looking at the video evidence. 
It's raw. It's not edited. I see a kid, a high school kid, getting shoved around, being impeded, being screamed at, and he's taken away in handcuffs. We, I, I am dying to know uh, why that cop did that. And please don't give me this spiel. Uh, we arrested him for his own protection. No, 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 no. You don't bend the knees to the bullies. Because that's what's happening right now, especially when you see members of the transgender community who self-identify as violent thugs. Ask Billboard Chris about that. And law enforcement does nothing, or they even get a good giggle out of it. This is a disgrace. Yeah, like, I'll even agree with a cop who said, like, look, if they said, look, there's one of him, 20 of them. We take the path of least resistance when we are maintaining public safety. And so we extracted him from that situation for his own safety because he was going to get hurt. It's easier to take one boy away than send along 20 Antifa cat moms and dads in another direction. Fine. But that's not what happened. He was taken away in handcuffs um, and arrested. So something else happened there. Maybe we didn't see it. I don't know. But uh, I did see him get shoved, the cops watch and then yeah. not do anything about yeah. it. And that's a real problem. I think the worst uh, example of egregious policing is the cop that argued with Tim Stevens over Bible scriptures as they were arresting him in front of his sobbing children. Um, uh, that one, I think, is the worst. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why it just sits so wrong and it stings so wrong for me. Um, and I I know it's not all cops. I, I, I know. I know. I have cops yeah. in my family. Um, and I, I know when we're in Calgary, when we're working on the streets in Calgary and Edmonton too, we get cops who are like, yeah, keep it up, guys. You're awesome. Yeah. Um, and that's why I dislike the bad cops so much is because they trade on the reputations and the trust built by those good cops 100%. Who, care, who care about civil liberties. That's why I dislike those bad cops so much. Indeed. I think the biggest critics of bad cops they're not members cops. of the general public. They're not journalists. They are the good cops because it tarnishes them, and it's so unfair. And but this has there has to be an end to this. I know our Calgary team is working hard on this story, even yeah. as we speak. We'll get some answers uh, later, and uh, let's find out uh, what the most. Stay tuned. Part of me. Stay tuned, everybody. <laughs> we're, yes. we're dealing with the news as it's breaking. Um, Calgary is just mayhem these days. Uh, we've got journalists uh, being thrown out of Rachel Notley press conferences and kids being arrested in the streets after they're being um, assaulted by Antifa. Um, and our provincial government, by the way, well, hopefully she'll be our provincial premier again. Um, Danielle Smith made a recent announcement um, a very powerful announcement, and I think a, an announcement that um, will really serve to make life better for families suffering through the drug addiction of their loved ones, but also communities suffering through the opioid crisis. Um, do we have a clip of Adam or we just have the announcement? So this is the... Okay, so this is the announcement that uh, Premier Daniel Smith made, uh, I think it was two days ago, you can see members of the Indigenous community with her, um, about a very, I guess, a new policy regarding drug treatment for violent drug addicts. So people who are literally out of their minds, violent on drugs, 
And when you hear this announcement, you're going to be like, yeah, that's perfectly common sense. But the NDP, of course, are against it. A re-elected United Conservative government will develop and pass the Compassionate Intervention Act to ensure those gripped by addiction get help, get healthy, and have the opportunity to have a new life. The act would allow for a family member, doctor, psychologist, or police officer to make a petition to a specially appointed non-criminal judge to issue a treatment order. The court would be able to divert an addict who is in imminent danger to themselves or others to treatment instead of jail. This step would be a last resort in order to save lives and to prevent the overdose deaths, assaults, and attacks happening in Alberta as a result of drug use. If someone is an imminent danger to themselves or others, we will do whatever we can to save their life and help them get better. And that begins with getting them out of well done, Daniel Smith. That's fantastic. That's the listening, tough love that's needed for this crisis, Sheila. Listening to that makes me want to cry because I know the impact that the opioid crisis has on families and innocent children yeah. and their communities. I mean, drug addiction is a, like a black hole of crime and social decay. You, you can see this in downtown Edmonton. Um, and I, I'm in support of this policy completely. These people are not of sound mind. They cannot make judgments about their care. They are under extreme influence of drugs to the point where it is damaging their mental health and they may never recover um, mentally and psychologically from the chemical uh, pollution that they've poured onto their brain. They've poisoned themselves yep. and um, now they are violent. They're um, violent to themselves. They're violent to the people around them. They're violent to their children. And so this is a last resort measure so that cops, psychologists, and family members, thank God, can petition a judge. So there's an extra layer of um, accountability here. Lay the facts out before this person, and then they can issue a confinement order to drug treatment, to drug treatment and yeah. not jail. Um, That's because true compassion. It is, because ultimately, how is it... How is it compassion to leave these people to languish in their addiction? And maybe you're to the point, like so many people are, where you don't even care about the addict anymore. You just care about the damage that they're doing to their kids. How is it compassionate to leave that person in their suffering, to give them a safe supply of poison to languish in their disease? How is that a better alternative than what this premier is proposing? And I've gotten some criticism from people who say, Sheila, you obviously do believe in medical coercion then. All of the things you said about the vaccine mandates were untrue because you believe the government should have the right to decide what people do with their bodies. Mm -hmm. um, and I reject that wholeheartedly because there is a, there's a lot of daylight in between someone of sound mind saying, I want to wait and see I, I'm perfectly healthy. I'm no danger to anybody around me. Even if I do get sick, I'm not a danger. I don't want to take this medicine that is unproven to be able to go to work, go to school, go to um, a, a hockey game, whatever. There's a hell of a lot of difference in between that person making an informed medical decision for themselves and a violent out of their mind drug addict who might burn down your house with your children in it. Yeah. Sorry, but there's a lot of daylight in between the two. And anybody who can't see the nuance, I'm sorry. 
I, I'm absolutely sorry. It's the same. I guess it's the same dishonest argument as when people who say, Sheila, you can't be like for people making their own medical decisions about what they do to their body and be simultaneously pro-life. My nuance is that's the baby's body. Um, someone who is saying, I don't need to take this vaccine against a disease that's not going to make me gravely ill if I do get the disease anyway. Advocating for that person's rights is doesn't make it incompatible for me to agree with this new drug policy of the premier. I, I mean, to, to say that someone who's out of their mind on drugs and violent, beating their children, dropping fentanyl on the floor that little kids can pick up and die instantly, that person is nowhere the same as a welder who just wants to go to camp and earn a living for his family. Sheila, that was superbly well said. Uh, I have nothing to add. You really nailed it there. And speaking of drug addiction and piss poor law enforcement, we've got to get to this subject very quickly. Um, Anthony Fury, who used to be a Toronto Sun columnist and then went over to uh, True North, and he's a superb columnist, and he's a very smart guy and very mm -hmm. likable. So don't hold his mainstream media credentials against them, folks. There are statistical anomalies. Yesterday, uh, he went to Nathan Phillips Square. That's literally the town square in Toronto to kick off. Um, uh, well, not to kick off, but to do a, uh, a presser because Anthony Fury is one of Two, 102 people running for mayor in Hogtown, if you can imagine. And if you can imagine this, folks, and our good friend of the Sun, uh, Joe Warmington, he had a column in today's paper. It is absolutely outrageous. He, Anthony Fury was interrupted when he was trying to do this presser next to the Toronto sign, uh, <laughs> next to the reflecting pool of Nathan Phillips Square by City Hall security guards that said, you can't do that here. You're not allowed to uh, run your yap uh, on the in the town square uh, for political reasons, blah, 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 blah. And he was frog marched out to basically the sidewalk facing Queen Street. <clears throat> At the same time, Joe notes, two drug addicts stagger out of the City Hall bathroom, uh, clearly uh, hopped up on something, God knows what, nothing to see here. And I want to remind our viewers, Sheila, I think this was one of our masterpiece videos from uh, July of 2020, when the disgraced ex-mayor of Toronto, John Tory, I, I guess um, he was too busy horizontally uh, jogging with a, uh, a subordinate staffer at the time, but a bunch of grifters and their homeless Stooges yeah. took over Nathan Phillips Square, not overnight, folks, for three weeks. They put up a squalid tent city. And when we and others went to cover this, security and even police descended upon us and kicked us off the square, threatened us with arrest, even though these violent, filthy thugs uh, turned uh, probably the second most photographed venue in Toronto next to the CN Tower into a grotesque tent city for three weeks. And Anthony Fury, that is running on a law and order platform and trying to make the city clean again, he is given the bums rush, 
Sheila, I, I don't know if we want to show a clip uh, uh, with some of the audio because it only enhances uh, the insanity. I'll wait to hear from our uh, super producers. But what do you make of that, Sheila? Why isn't Anthony Fury or any candidate allowed to get up on a crate and say a couple of minutes about why I want to be mayor? What's wrong with that? You know, we saw this happen in Calgary to Pastor Art Pulowski, who uh, is a political candidate as well. Um, he was given the bums rush out of Calgary City Hall. And actually, I think he was given a trespass notice. Um, the current administration does not have exclusive use of these facilities. Just because you're the mayor doesn't mean that no other mayoral candidates are allowed to use it. That's literally, literally, well, in this instance, Toronto's um, town square. And if drug addicts are allowed to shuffle around it, surely people who want to clean up the drug addicts can have a press conference there. It's it's unbelievable, Sheila. And and Anthony Fury is a good man. Uh, mm -hmm. I would say of the 102 candidates, he's in my top three. If I still lived in Toronto, I had my exit strategy kick in 25 years ago last April. And boy, uh, am I glad I did. I think the next move, in case blackface gets returned, it's to the Republic of Costa Rica. Um, but anyway, uh, I would say my top three candidates, Anthony Fury, Rob Davis, and of course, funny ben man, Ben Bankus, because <laughs> folks, a stand-up comedian with zero political um, experience, he would be an improvement over so many of the other jabronis that are running for mayor of the city, including, I must say, the front runner, Olivia Chow, a far leftist, if elected, will put Toronto on the rails to become the Northeast version of Portland, Oregon. That's where this city is headed. It'll be a disaster. In any event, Sheila, I... Sorry, go ahead. I would, no, I was going to say I would vote for Ben's uh, character, the human-monkey hybrid that was made in a lab in Wuhan. I would vote for that over Olivia Chow. Um, we should get to some of the chats. And yes. before I uh, get to the chats, I should tell you, that we have exclusive rebel emojis Ooh. for anybody who's watching us on Rumble. I'm just looking at them out of the corner of my eye um, because apparently the producers communicate with me in a chat that I never pay attention to. <laughs> so um, it's there. And we've got uh, special emojis for our monthly Rumble subscribers and more to be added in the coming days. So you can show your rebel pride in the chat and send suggestions for other emojis. And we have some fun internal emojis here at Rebel News, including um, David Menzies, uh, <laughs> special David Menzies ones that. Oh, um, no. <laughs> so anyways, if, if you at home want access to like a, a David Menzies emoji, let us know. Maybe we'll add one there. Um, this is all news to me, Sheila. I thought we needed the express written approval of Major League Baseball to do something like this. No, no, there are. I don't know if you've ever seen us talking and we use like your emojis in the chat to talk to each other all the time. Um <laughs> There's just one where I'm like judgy. I'm like drinking a coffee and I'm super judgy, but um, <laughs> yours are good. Um, anyways, so that's how we've got some chats and I'm uh, 16 okay. minutes late for a staff meeting. Oh. <laughs> so, um, I think there was one earlier, Olivia or Efron, that I haven't seen yet. Or I saw it out of the corner of my eye. If you want to drop that at the bottom of the chat so I don't have to scroll all the way back up and look for it, that would be great. Okay, so Kenzie67 says, wait, is that it? I don't know. Olivia, I'm out of 
Okay, I don't I haven't seen the old one, so maybe I'll get to the old one last. So Kenzie 67 uh gives us 10 bucks and right. admonishes us. And uh I I reject this admonishment, by the way. Uh she said, um, again, Rebel, I'm disappointed with your coverage of the National Citizens Inquiry. Mm. You may have had reporters there, but still little reporting you should have had a mobile billboards look mm. the nci is doing their own thing we can't just show up with a mobile billboard at their own thing however i spent two days in red deer at the nci i did journalism from there i live tweeted the the whole thing which is exhausting by the way because you're listening to the next thing trying to remember it verbatim but typing the thing that you already just heard um then we had to marry ugolini cover yep. the NCI. Tamara testified at the NCI. So yep. to say that we're not involved, I reject that wholeheartedly. We have not only participated in the NCI as witnesses, but we have also been there as journalists. Drea covered the NCI in Vancouver. Um, Alexa covered the NCI in French, and she was interviewed by the NCI on their social media platforms. That's right. Also, uh, I think uh, Alexa's got... Um, eight plus interviews and reports coming from the NCI in Quebec. And the NCI is in its final last few days in Ottawa right now. And we have a freelancer who's there for the next three days. And we sent a producer also to work with him. So to say that we are not covering the NCI, I, I don't think is fair. We're also clipping NCI testimony as it's coming in. I dare you to find somebody who's covering it more extensively than we are. And, you know, like for me, it's not close to home for me to go to Red Deer. It's over two hours away. And I was there for two days and then headed to Calgary to do bail hearings, then come back. So um, what we were sending, we and re we remain sending people um, to cover the NCI. For example, Lincoln is going from Toronto to Ottawa to cover the NCI. So we are incurring great expense to cover these things. And by the way, if you want to pitch in to cover the, our costs, to cover the NCI, uh, rebelfieldreports.com, if you wouldn't mind. No, Sheila, yourself included, I think our team has done a great job covering the NCI. Um, I will stack up our record against any mainstream media outlet in terms of the coverage of the NCI. I see that uh, criticism come in on the tips line every so often. And I don't know what more we can do. I'm, I mean, I, they, I'm dumbfounded by it. I, well, I'm literally dumbfounded by I it. Am. I'm like, did you go to the website and look before you sent me this email? Well, Sheila, all I can think of are our critics wanting us to live stream it whenever there is testimony going on. I, I, because other than that, I don't know what more you want us to do, folks. I And, and we're not a big network. Like to take somebody... I don't want to say somebody like me, but to take me out of commission and sit me there for two days when I do a lot of other things at the company, that's a really big time and labor investment yep. that we at Rebel News are making to make sure that we are covering the NCI. So I'm not, I'm really not sure what more that we can do. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I, I, I want to chalk up some of this to like internet censorship, that it's just more difficult for people to find our coverage of the NCI. And so they think we're not really covering it because they can't really find it. Maybe that's it, but we're covering it yeah, a lot. Look, like, at, look at this. Look, 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 look. This is just Greya alone. Then there's me. Then <laughs> like, it's just, anyway, there's Tamara. Alexa's got eight reports coming out about it. We've got a journalist there for three days who's doing video reports and written reports right now. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you want us to do. 
that, that's funny. You saying there's me. It's all about Sheila, <laughs> isn't it? There's, no, there's like just my video. Um, anyways, Kenzie goes on, gives us, wow, damn it. My computer just turned off. Uh -oh. Um, no, it's okay. I'll find it. Kenzie goes on to say, um, that, uh, if you wouldn't mind bringing it up on screen, I'm not saying the woke shit is more important than the not. So I'm not saying that woke shit isn't important, but the national citizens inquiry is more important right now. Well, the good news is we're covering it. Yeah. So. And you're preaching to the converted, my friend. Thank you for the donation, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. And the, the culture wars are definitely important. Um, letting the culture war get to where it is right now is exactly why um, the government was able to do the things that it did to us during the pandemic mm -hmm. is because we sort of didn't pay attention to the culture war and the culture shifted so greatly that nobody cared about civil liberties anymore. Great point. Um, all righty. And let's keep going. I brought it up on my phone. Uh, we've got uh, Kenzie 67 because it's another five bucks. It says, wouldn't it be cool if there was something like a paint the night before pride marches and the rainbow stuff was blacked out? You will get charged with a hate crime. Oh, so, and I know for certain you will get charged, Sheila. Uh, a couple of years ago yeah. in the city north of me, Aurora, Ontario, there's an intersection where they've painted you know, the lines where you're supposed to come to a stop, typically it's white paint on black asphalt. But for some reason, uh, the city decided to spend, I think it was $12,000. I don't know how the bill gets that high to um, do the rainbow flag uh, paint job instead of just white lines. And somebody in a muscle car <laughs> sorry, did a burnout. <laughs> And the local media covered it like a hate crime, like somebody had been right. kidnapped and tortured. There was a reward. There was law enforcement holding a press conference. Um, it was unbelievable. Yeah. So whatever you do, don't take any paint. Don't, don't take any rubber onto that um, holy, sacred rainbow flag, especially the Pride Progress flag with the BIPOC vagina and the circle in it. You will pay a price. Yeah, they can vandalize our churches and burn them down. That's and right. Like, we didn't see. We didn't see anything. <laughs> but if laughing. you pump, you pump the brakes so that you don't run over a pedestrian <laughs> in a rainbow crosswalk, and you leave a little rubber, you squawk them a little. That's a hate crime. You, I guess you should just run over the pedestrian. I guess is the moral of the story here. And um, I'm going to plead innocent on that crime, Sheila, because the Green Goblin is completely incapable of doing a burnout. <laughs> oh, 100%. How embarrassing for you. Um, we've got, uh, we've really got to wrap this up because I okay. am late for Sorry. this manager's meeting. Uh, I see Efron is like, wrap it up. Um, we've got a missed chat from yesterday. Um, five libraries, that's the Odyssey crypto token. David Menzies, please use call for your male co-hosts and Khaleesi for the women. I cringe every time you introduce your male co-hosts as queen. Sorry for the Game of Thrones nerd correction. Well, Odyssey viewer, that is actually an in-joke. I do know the call is the male version of the Khaleesi, but in this day and age, I throw it back to you, uh, Mr. Odyssey. What's a woman? Uh, Kevin Tennant gives us five bucks and says, Hey, David, you have a gift for sayings. Does he, does he don't, don't tell him these things. Um, maybe it's time to use some red green lines, like keep your stick on the ice, or if they don't find you handsome, at least they'll find you handy. 
LOL. Oh, there you go. Well, for you, Kevin, and of course, my co-host, Sheila Gunn-Reed, as they used to say on the Grecian formula ads, hey, two minutes for looking so good. I missed the meeting. <laughs> I just got a message from A10. I missed the meeting. And you know, I rushed my whole morning so that I could get through this and then get to the meeting and then no. Oh, that explains your new hairdo, Sheila. Wild yet controlled. You know, I had an email about my hair over the weekend on Mother's Day and I was like, I'm not in the mood. I just emailed the man back and said, I, I hope the women in your life rise to your exacting standards because I can tell you're a man of particular tastes. Okay. Is that it for our live chats and uh, Sheila? Yeah, it might be it for my career here at Rebel News if I miss another <laughs> no, manager's no. meeting. No, anyway. we wouldn't allow you to leave. We would... Uh... We would keep you confined to quarters. We need you that much. Feels well, that folks, what can already. I tell you? What a fun show that was. Uh, again, special thanks to our super producers, Efren and Olivia. And of course, to my beloved colleague, Sheila Gunn-Reed. And thank you to all of you who tuned in. And especially those who gave us a uh, financial donation, even with criticism. Hey, we got thick skin. We can take it. I'll be back here tomorrow with another Rebel News personality. In the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane. Hey, pardon me. Um, do you mind if I ask a couple questions? Um, I'm with a reporter for Rebel News. Yeah, sorry, I have to go inside. Can we do it later, please, after the... Uh, um, after I, the I just have one question. Um, after the rally, please. I'm really sorry. Hey, Rachel, the Alberta NDP defunded wildfire management in 2016. Do you guys regret that? Well, folks, you know, we can't say we're surprised. You know, we had come here to ask questions, be respectful. And it's unfortunate that even though this is a private, a private venue and we respected what security had to say, we have lots of questions to ask uh, Notley. Should she form government on May 29th? Notley had no intention of taking uh, questions from us. But you know what? We're going to persist on. Now, if you want to see more of our election coverage, please click the link in the description at albertadecides.com.